it is the theme, it is the thrust, it is the fingerprint, it is the DNA, it is the identity, it is the superlative interpretation of that text. You're listening to an ongoing discussion on life, ministry, and leadership. This is the Brian Sams Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Brian Sams Podcast. My name is Brian Sams, your host, and we are in the middle of an exciting series on sermon preparation. I am super excited about our guest today. Our guest is Pastor Kenny Baldwin. Kenny, welcome to the Brian Sams Podcast. Brian, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on here. Just looking forward to the benefit that all of this will make to those that are able to listen. So it's a privilege of mine to be here. You know, Kenny, I was thinking this morning when I was preparing for this, we've known each other for quite some time, actually. Many people may not know this, but we were about the same age. We actually went to school together for uh, just a little bit of time, didn't we? Years and years ago. It's so good to have stayed connected with you and to watch your faithfulness through the years. And I admire your commitment to the Lord. So thank you for being not only a faithful preacher, but also just a godly man that's doing a good job pastoring. So you're a real blessing to me on a personal level. Praise the Lord. To God be the glory. It's it's nice to have long-standing friendships and to see people still serving the Lord. And I'm certainly encouraged by your testimony and glad we can co-labor together for the cause of Christ. Amen to that. A couple things as we get started. First of all, me and you and Carrie Schmidt and Kurt Skelly are teaming together to teach preaching at Veritas Baptist College. When I say Kurt Skelly and Carrie Schmidt teaching preaching, is that a pretty exciting thought or what? Very exciting. Very exciting. And I'm thrilled to be associated with all of you. And I know that each of us has a passion for preaching. Don't claim to be experts on anything, but we love preaching and we want to see more preachers preach the Word of God and effectively minister to people. What I love about that team of teachers is that everybody has the same philosophy of expository preaching, but each of us has a unique personality and unique gifts. And I think that the style comes out so uniquely because what we're not trying to do in any college or any kind of instruction is produce people that are trying to be like a certain preacher. We just want people to use the gifts and talents that God has given them with the philosophy of expository preaching. And I, I'm so glad that you're a part of the team. Hey, look, one thing I want to say before we get into preaching is I just want to say how thankful I am that you were able to come on the other side of the coronavirus. What an amazing scare, man. And you really had coronavirus and really were very sick. Do you mind sharing just a little bit about that with the audience? Well, first of all, I want to thank everyone for their prayers. I cannot express my gratitude for those who went to the throne of God on my behalf. I have never been sick before. I don't take a flu shot, don't get the flu. Viruses run through my house and they don't touch me. I'm as healthy as I think anyone would imagine they want to be at my age, but I just walked into the hospital one day with a temperature of 105 degrees, double pneumonia, went into 10 days of hospital isolation, had severe COVID, and I had doctors tell me they didn't know which way it was going to go. One doctor said, I can't tell you, but you're a man of faith, so you better go on that. Mm. And uh, I've just never experienced anything like that. Couldn't see anybody, no visits, had to depend on FaceTime to see my wife and family and really lay on the bed and beg God just to 
come through. And so I'm thrilled, especially when I see all of the people who didn't make it or who went through even worse circumstances. I'm just so privileged to be alive. And I want to glorify God and impact others. But I also want to highlight just the essence of the family of God and how people come together to pray on our behalf when we're going through a valley. So thank the Lord for it. And I'm glad to be alive and more committed than ever to do something for the Lord. Well, Kenny, we're all thankful. We we are so appreciate your voice, not only at your church, which is obviously, I know, your predominant focus, but also God has used you in so many places and camps and conferences and services. I mean, you really have a tremendous testimony, and we're all thankful that you are going to be back on your feet preaching the Word of God soon, and so to God be the glory for all that. Amen. Hey, listen, uh, let me ask you a few questions about preaching in general. First of all, if I were to ask you who have been and maybe continue to be some of the greatest influences on your preaching, what would you say? Without hesitation, it would be my dad. Mm. You know, he was the only pastor I ever had. I grew up with a hunger for the Lord, for ministry, and for preaching from him. And honestly... The, the way I develop messages and my approach to the text, my mechanisms out of the gate when I'm preaching, really a lot of them have been derived from him. He's always been given to exposition and impacted me. His impact on my brother has impacted me. And we've we had other men come through our church over the years, like Don Sisk and John Halsey. They were dear friends of the family and always helped us with missions And of course, preacher friends all over the country that have been a blessing. They've helped me personally. I grew up listening to Johnny Pope preach Mm. the Word of God at youth conferences. He's always been an inspiration. But there's no one who's had a greater impact on me as a preacher than my dad, Dr. Lou Baldwin. Yeah, so tell the audience, I mean, most of these people obviously know you, but tell the audience a little bit about your church and a little bit about your dad and how you came to be the pastor. Why don't you just walk us through a brief history of that? Sure. My dad got saved at the age of 30. He was a businessman. He owned a nursing business that contracted nurses in hospitals all over Northern Virginia. He walked into an independent Baptist church for the first time on Easter Sunday uh, at 30 years old, heard the gospel. Three months later, two soul winners knocked on his door, led him to the Lord on a Thursday night. He got in, got in fast, got discipled. Two years later, surrendered to preach. Three years later, after finishing at their Missions Academy and Institute, planted a church in Northwest Washington, D.C. We began in the banquet room of a Howard Inn Hotel near Howard University in D.C., relocated to Northern Virginia. He pastored our church for 30 years, strong church planning thrust, committed, a man of character. And, uh, of course, I grew up in a Christian home, went to Christian school, started going to church, Nine months before I was born, exposed to the truth. I'm talking about solid Christians, dad and mom, the real deal. Mm -hmm. I surrendered to preach at nine, started preaching in competitions, and just had a hunger for preaching. And uh, as time uh, progressed, eventually became on staff as I was older, worked as a youth pastor, traveled around the country preaching while that happened. And when he got closer to 65 and knew that he wanted to step away from the pastorate, a couple years out, he presented to me whether I wanted to be the pastor and felt God was leading me to do that. 
and I certainly felt God's leading. We presented it to the church, voted on it in advance. We transitioned very intentionally. He retired from the senior pastorate on the 30th anniversary of the church, and that was now we'll be I'll be going into my ninth year. We'll celebrate our 39th church anniversary this coming September, hmm. and uh, I've been pastoring now almost nine years. It is the one of the joys of my life to pastor the people at Crossroads Baptist Church, and I'm thrilled to be able to mount the pulpit and meet them three times a week. It's a blessing. I love preaching around. I love preaching places, and I have my favorite places, different parts of the country, but there's nowhere I'd rather preach than Crossroads Baptist Church. Yeah, I think anybody that travels and pastors can absolutely agree with that sentiment. There's essentially no place like home. I love to preach out. I've done it for years. There's nothing like the love that you have with your church, the relationships, the life change that you see. Uh, you know, I would I would initially get really nervous about maybe a, tr- a guy who's traveling a lot preaching, but I'm not sure about his relationship with his church. But when I know that a guy is committed to a local church, he's faithfully feeding the flock of God, it inspires great confidence. In fact, as a guest speaker, Kenny, you can do a whole lot more good, I think, when you are ministering day-to-day with people's lives I think you're more sensitive to the pastor. I think you're more sensitive to the needs of the people that you're preaching to. And I know that you do a great job. In fact, we're looking forward to having you at our place next year for a meeting, and we just can't wait for that. And I'm so thankful that you have that background and that heart for the church. I admire your father. I remember hearing him preach back when I was in college, and he was a tremendous blessing. I still remember, I still remember this day, an outline that he gave on Matthew chapter 28. We are to mobilize, evangelize, baptize, and catechize. I've never forgot it. And he was just the all-time, that was an all-time great outline for Matthew 28. And not not only that, he just has lived the Great Commission and has been been a great example to us. So praise the Lord for that. I know I've listened to some of your sermons that you preach at Crossroads. While people may predominantly know you as a traveling speaker, I think it would be encouraging for them to listen to some of your preaching at your home church because what I find is that you're teaching and preaching through the books of the Bible, through stories of the Bible. So tell us a little bit about what books of the Bible or stories of the Bible have you been preaching through recently or are you planning to preach through? Well, right now on Sunday mornings, I'm preaching a message wherever God leads. That tends to be our most diverse crowd and where visitors come in. So that's where I'm on Sunday mornings. But on Sunday night, we're in 1 Corinthians, verse by verse. And on Wednesday night, we're in Genesis. Hmm. So we are having a wonderful time in both books of the Bible. We've been through James. We've been through Philippians. We've been through Ecclesiastes. That was an interesting book to preach through, but very practical when it came to the development and maturation of our church family. And we've been through, see, I said Ephesians as well. And so I'm really enjoying these books of the Bible. You know, a preacher said to me years ago that the difference of preaching on the road and pastoring is when you preach on the road, you leave, you leave the people there. When you pastor, you leave, you take the people with you. Mm. And so being able to see our people develop through books of the Bible, I'm finding is much more impactful than some of those same passages that are preached on in an isolated setting. You mm. know, you, you go to a passage and you deal with it with just one message, and you don't have the benefit of watching that Bible character's life from conception or at least from when he walked on the scene in Scripture. And so when Abraham is taking Isaac up to sacrifice him, it has so much more of a powerful impact 
when we've watched Abraham, when God first called him in every single step of the way. So our people are growing and they're anticipating those stories and mm-hmm. chapters in the Word of God and they're implementing them into their spiritual database with the benefit of all of the other passages that we've gone through before that. Mm, That's a great point. So it's definitely true that expository preaching benefits the congregation in a great way. How about for you? What are are some of the benefits that you've seen in being able to go back to a book over and over and over again and bring one to completion? What would you say would be a benefit for the pastor himself preaching that way? Well, without a doubt, I'm growing, you know, and I'm discovering things about passages of scripture that I didn't see before. And even I'm finding in my in my own study, in my own Christian life, that I'm I'm seeing things and noticing things and I'm saying things in these messages expositionally that I never said when I preached on that specific text for just one sermon. So mm-hmm. it's helping me grow. I'm growing with the people. I'm I'm able to take my own personal experiences that happen during the week or happen in my family or happen in my life and see how they apply to that particular passage of Scripture. So it's helping me. It helps direct my study. It helps me steward my time. It helps me know where I'm going and therefore apply my efforts weekly to the messages. So, I mean, I just believe that the benefits are immeasurable to what exposition does for the preacher and for the pew. Yes, absolutely. We're going to segue here a little bit. I'm going to take just a few minutes and then we're going to finish this next episode. But I am so excited about you actually teaching younger preachers, even pastors, guys that are coming along in the online school environment about the subject of preaching. And so between all of us, me, you, Carrie, and Kurt, kind of sharing the load, each one taking some different ideas and developing them you know, I see everybody's got strengths, everybody's got things that they articulate so well. One of the things I wanted to start a conversation with you about right now that I think you articulated so well in a lecture that you give in these preaching courses is about the subject of developing a proposition or a declaration statement or basically a sermon theme. We're going to dive into that in detail in the next episode, but I want you, first of all, to take a couple minutes and describe to the audience what you mean when you say that every scripture has a telos. Sure. It is the theme. It is the thrust. It is the fingerprint. It is the DNA. It is the identity. It is the superlative interpretation of that text. It is the driving force. And so as a preacher, the more that I'm preaching, I begin to develop a knack for spotting that. I think the Holy Spirit helps us in the way he speaks to us personally by way of application. But I think our eye to the scripture with his help of illumination says to us, what was God's intention here with this passage? Mm -hmm. And as I get what God's intention is for this passage and I grasp it as my theme, I can use it as my driving force for the entire sermon, Mm -hmm. and it gives the sermon some identity, and it's important that the sermon has that so that the listeners, when they leave there, don't just leave saying, that was some great preaching, but they leave understanding what that great preaching was about and what it meant to them. So Mm. that theme, that telos, really helps us in in the passage, because once I gather it, 
then I can develop the rest of the sermon to help support it and elaborate upon it. And the sermon actually has a GPS where it's going somewhere and it doesn't end up being scattered. All well, over. that's a great statement. A a telos or a theme of the sermon is like a GPS for the sermon. And I don't know, Kenny, I don't know if you've ever done this. I've done this a few times when I'm preaching at camps or whatever. One of the things I love to do is I love to walk through, you know, where the kids will leave their Bibles and their notebooks in the chapel. And sometimes I like to pick up a notebook and see what a kid wrote down about my sermon. That can be kind of humbling, can it? Sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> Especially when the kid is one that your wife gave birth to. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Yeah, man. Well, hey, and I will tell you this. Uh, to encourage you, you preached the sermon in a conference we were at together last year at Kurt's place, and the sermon was How to Kill the Fat Man. And, and let me tell you something. My son, who was at that time, I think, six, he has never forgotten the fat man sermon. He, he laughs and laughs and laughs and talks about the fat man sermon. So at least in that one, brother, you nailed a central theme. He got that thing down. So next time when we come together, Kenny, we're going to actually we're going to talk about developing that main idea in sermon construction and having a sermon identity. And so, Kenny, thanks for joining us today on this episode. We look forward to next week when we talk about developing sermon ideas. Hey, this is Brian Sams. On behalf of Brian Sams Podcast, we want to thank you for joining us today and look forward to more teaching on life, ministry, and leadership. Until next time, you guys have a wonderful, blessed day.